looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Past the Post. It is Sunday the 31st of December, the last day of the year, New Year's Eve edition of Past the Post, of course, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, and they can't wait because, of course, they're going to have huge representation over the next two Saturdays at Aquas Park, Gold Coast, runners everywhere, and, of course, gearing up for the Magic Million sales, and that's all important for you out there because if you want to be part of the Archer Park Racing team, go to their website, archerparkracing.com.au. As we say in the ad, they can suit your budget, big or small. I said last week, Michael Maxworthy has a big budget. Well, there's none bigger than the one sitting alongside of me now. In terms of budget, <laughs> what where you were going with? Welcome that. back, Ben Dorries. How are you? Yeah, no, good, thank you. Amazing, isn't break? it? Yeah, I had a two-week spell. Went up the Sunshine Coast for a little bit uh, with the family, which was nice. Kept a good eye on the races, though, and uh, yeah, can't believe we're in the last day of 2023. We dodged a bullet yesterday. You know, with all the storm activity that's been going on for like a couple of weeks now, but yesterday all that activity was just above Brisbane, and uh, I think Dooman got about three mils mid-morning. Uh, that made sure it stayed a soft five. Then we got a bit of rain during the day, not much, went to a soft six. But I think overall we were lucky that uh, we didn't get uh, the full force of those storms. I'll tell you who should dead set give up, the Weather Bureau. They're just shouldering arms at the moment. I had a look at the forecast yesterday. It was between three and 40 mils. Now, that's just fair I'm <laughs> guessing, isn't it? I, I mean, like, honestly, that's like a cricketer just shouldering arms and just getting his middle stump bowled out of the ground. I mean, that that is just no clue sort of stuff. I know it's hard for storms because they can hit some areas and not others, but, like, honestly, some of the reporting on this, this storm stuff, I know it was drastic on the Gold Coast and our producer, Dale, he was telling me his uh, Harbourside mansion, he's, he's had to make a few repairs to, unfortunately, but... Uh, let's face it, it was going to be Armageddon in Brisbane yesterday. I actually thought yesterday morning when the storm started rumbling in, I thought we may not even get a race because they don't, you know, they don't run, obviously, when there's storm activity in, in the vicinity. Yet it hardly rained. Like the Weather Bureau, give me a spell. Yeah, well, I, I think you're a bit harsh on that one no, yesterday. It is the only job in the world, David Fowler, you can get wrong every day and still have a job the next day. Tell me another job you can stuff up every day. And you still got a job the next oh. day. <laughs> Actually, mine, mine too now, I think of it. <laughs> All right, we've got a lot to discuss uh, out of Doombin yesterday. Also want to touch on Royal Randwick from a, a Magic Millions point of view. Of course, next week is Wave Race Day. And then, of course, the following week is the big day with the, the two-year-old Magic Millions Classic, the three-year-old Magic Millions Guineas. 11 races that day. So we'll touch on Royal Randwick. We'll also go back to Gosford on Thursday because there were a couple of races there uh, from a Magic Millions point of view as well. But let's get uh, going, and let's firstly go to the shootout. This was the staying feature presented by Magic Millions, and Princess Rainey's from the Tony Gollan Yard was the $2.40 favourite. Here's the replay. Coming to the turn, Military Gambler is now upping the ante, getting quality time off the bit. June 45, likewise, and down on the outside, Princess Rainey's starts to launch her claim, starting to eat into Military Gambler's margin. In the straight, 2.50 left to run. Military Gambler still the leader. Princess Rainey's on the outside, a length away, now drawing closer, and they should fight it out. Military Gambler and Princess Rainey's. Princess Rainey's on the outside, gets the upper hand. Red wave flashing home. Princess Rainey's in front. It's her day-to-day. Princess 
Australia's won the shootout from Red Wave, Dune 45, and Military Gambler stopping late, then Head of State, followed by Artful Girl, then Quality Time, Great House, Love Tap, Flasher, and Alberg last over the line in 2487 overall. Yes, Princess Rainies, who uh, doesn't win out of turn, it's fair to say, but Tony Gollan uh, outlined after she raced at Eagle Farm a couple of Saturdays ago that this was her target, the shootout, and it paid dividends. Uh, she won with a well-timed run and a well-judged ride by Ben Thompson. Tony's our first guest this morning, always a, a regular with us on Past the Post. Tony, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Uh, as I said, uh, this was the race you targeted. It's always good when a plan can come to fruition. Uh, nice ride too by Ben. It looked a bit sticky early. They were all going forward, but he was able to navigate into the like a, basically a one-out, one-back trail, and she did the rest. Yeah, it was a big surprise coming out of the straight the first time, not going to lie. I thought the race had run a little bit smoother than that. I was a bit surprised at the amount of pressure on, on early. I thought we'd just probably drop into a you know a third-pair line fairly comfortably, but that wasn't to be, and... For me, I was a bit nervous, but I loved the way then once we got around that first corner that she was able to relax for Ben. And from that point on, I, was a, I felt a lot more safer in the run. I think the whole journey, this preparation, we took, took the blinkers off before we had our first run back. And there was a few times there over those shorter trips, I was starting to question whether I made the right decision. Um, but yesterday, after we went three furlongs into the race, I knew I'd made it. Tony, I think the track was a soft six by the time this race was run. I don't think this girl had ever won on a, a rain-affected track. I know soft six isn't sort of on the nasty side of things, but was it was the track any sort of concern for you with her going to the race or not? Not really, Ben. I think she'd been placed on heavy down in Melbourne. Um, so I wasn't overly concerned by the track. I thought the track raced, considering we got that bit of that showery sort of drizzly you know, junk throughout the meeting, um, I thought the track raced really well, and even though visually at times with the with the kick up and the way they were just getting into the top of it, it looked a bit worse than what it actually was. At times, only indicated that it was always in that right range. So the track was never really a concern for me, no. And of course, the other the feature is to uh, the weight. I mean, she's been carrying fifty seven, fifty eight. It's a big difference when you're down on fifty two. Yeah, oh, for sure. But you know, with with that drop in weight, we went up in grade, and that's. I was always comfortable we were at that grade. We, you seen her at that grade in the winter. So, you know, I, I was happy to have her in those easier races, carrying more weight, just building my preparation towards Saturday. And the race meant, meant a little bit to me, obviously, being the shootout. Now, I, I trained for Graham and Linda Huddy, and like, I can't thank them enough for their ownership in our stable. And just to try and win that race for them in the summer, it's not the, by no means the biggest race they've ever won or will ever win. Um, but it's just a race we set that mare for, and it had a little bit extra meaning being, being the shootout. Tell me about Situation Room earlier in the day. And I asked because you were very confident, uh, I thought, speaking to you before the race with this horse. When at $7.50, you're up against a $1.90 favourite. What made you so confident? Well, I was a bit surprised at the market, to be honest. I thought when he opened seven fifty early in the week, then he come into a five fifty. Um, I thought he would continue to shorten from that, to be honest. I was really surprised with him going back out. He can handle a cut in the ground. <clears throat> His record at Doombin off low draws. Oh, geez, he's, he's a really good little horse off those low draws around Doom. And you've seen him mix it with some really good, you know, quality sprinters. There's no doubt the horse of Matt Dunn, he's a very talented animal. But I thought yesterday was by far his stiffest test. And to be asked to take odds against early, I thought it was... I thought he was poison odds and I thought we were well over the odds. Yeah, 100% right. Uh, yesterday I was making mention during the day and I started to sound like a broken record. I was saying... 
this horse doesn't know how to run a bad race. Uh, and was several times during the day, very competitive horses won. He falls into that category situation. Now, he was a, a virtually, he's, he's turned out to be a bargain buy, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, Andrew Harvey bred him um, with the Mary owned, and I don't know what whether whether he, he obviously ran him through the sale and probably couldn't sell him and put a bunch of his mates in him and a little Defcon, you know, he's hardly a, a Kentucky blue blood, but he, he he showed us something right from the go. Get this horse, he's he's a good little horse, the two year old. He sort of showed us up and coming ability straight away, and and once I show you that ability, it's just a matter of keeping it, yeah, keeping him sound and keeping him happy, and that's what we've been able to do with him. But he's a real trier. I had the blinkers on him for quite a period of his career. I took them off him. He found another leg and. You know, at one stage he's only winning at a thousand. Now he can get out to twelve hundred, and I'm hopeful that I can run thirteen hundred at the Gold Coast in the cutest. So it's an, it's a it's an odd lead up into that race, but I really wanted to get him back winning. So I dodged the King of the Mountain with him to go to this race yesterday. Now to go to the Gold Coast. Just a quick one back to Princess Rainey. She's rising seven. Is her racing career uh, still going, or is her, is retirement beckoning? Uh, no, no, she'll still go. Um, she probably will finish at the end of this season. I'll leave that up to Linda Huddy. She knows more about the breeding aspect of things than I, than, I, than I do, that's for sure. But, no, my plan now is just to get set up for the Winter Carnival again. We only got her right before the winter mid-prep last year, um, and we've got some valuable black type beside her. Um, so, um, sorry, one second. Yes, I've changed my phone. Um, so, doing that... Um, hopefully we can get some more for her then in the winter um, of next year. Tone, silly question. You're a champion trainer. You've got a hell of a lot of horses. You win a hell of a lot of races. But it just seems to me, I don't have the stats in front of me, but you're in a real purple patch or stable at the moment. Do you, do you feel that yourself? Like It seems like every time you look up, at T. Gollan's winning a race somewhere. He's saying that, not me, by the way, now. So, <laughs> Well, no. like it's true, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, you... I've been saying it for the last... Two months or whatever, he's flying. Well, I, d- I just noticed that even on my holidays, look, I just turn, turn, turn the sky racing on and there's Tony Gollum being interviewed. Do you feel that too, Tony? Oh, not as much. I do feel we've got a really nice team in at the moment and everything seems to be working well. I mean, we're turning the horses out in really good condition and a lot of them are finding their right races, which is so important and not always possible. You know, Not often do you always find the right race for your horses, but we really targeted the summer carnival and... David, you know as well as I do here, we've targeted this summer carnival for many, many years since I've been down in Brisbane and we've have, have had good success and this is this summer's no different. But we're having a great run and hopefully it continues. Our strike rate's high around 20%, which is hard for a stable that has the amount of multiple runners in a race. Um, but no, everything's going quite well and hopefully it continues on to the Rich Magic Means Day in a few weeks' time. Well, a couple of questions. Uh, the King of the Mountain obviously uh, kicks off 2024. You've got all that pizzazz. Can he topple Rothfire or not? And second question, tell us about your ammunition for Magic Minions Day. Um, I think the King of the Mountain, um, the King of the Mountain race, I think Rothfire is very hard to beat under the set weights and penalties. I mean, there's no doubt about that. We all know the condition we go into the race, so I'm, not, I'm by no means complaining. Um, but I thought his run behind Zoo Style, I think Zoo Style... You know, he pretty well franked that yesterday with a pretty good run out of his distance range. Um, so I think Rothfire is going to be a tough nut to crack. But he's a clear second pick, my guy. And he's a real little giant killer. You know, he's been there. He's done it before at Toowoomba, which is always is always something that's up your sleeve. So I expect him to run awfully well. You know, out, outside of the favourite, I certainly wouldn't be swapping him. And I think he'll run a hell of a race tomorrow. Uh, Magic Means Day, we're unfortunately at this stage, unless... One of our two-year-olds gets to run this week, and I may have erred not running him yesterday, but I don't think he would have got in anyway. 
Um, we might have a, hopefully have a first starter in this week if we make the field. Otherwise, we'll be out of the two-year-old contention. Three-year-old, we've got nothing. Um, we've got some nice sources in the sprint, the cup, uh, the syndicate, and possibly the mares. We'll just see how the, how the noms shape up on Tuesday. A couple of uh, ones from me before we let you go. Um, on other races yesterday, Intersect won the first. She's a, a, a very good... A good uh, one of those mares that never runs a bad race. But uh, Comrade Rosa, uh, yeah. not a lot of luck in the straight. Uh, big field, uh, buried, but uh, was good again. You could make the case that she probably should have won. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. She was, she was really good, mate. She... Um, I didn't really want to get back to where we ended up. I was hoping to be midfield, you know, off, off the fence with a bit of cover. But we end up, you know, sort of right back four flats on the fence. I don't think she loves that soft ground. She's better on good ground. She was still, you know, obviously still very good once she got up and got travelling. But just that lack of being able to get traction early, you saw her back in a position. You saw once they settled down, I think you said once she's four flats the fence, you knew from there she was going to take a hell of a lot of luck and, and a really good steer to win. And we just got balked basically from the top of the straight until 50 out. So she she did a good job. She probably should have been unbeaten all prep. But that, that's her fate. Dooming, I guess, 1,200 metres. Mm. Um, she's far better horse at Eagle Farm and even there that little bit further. So she'll go away now and come back in the winter. My sole target with her, she's already a Group 2 winner, is to try and win a Group 1 with her in the Winter Carnival. That's the two races we'll aim for are the Stradbroke Handicap and the uh, Tats Tiara. And Freedom Rally and Zoo Style, they were both good in the, the buffering second and third. And Ben uh, has talked about all that pizzazz and Rothfire. I'm just a little concerned. Uh, I, I think many people are underplaying this. I, I think that outside barrier for Rothfire is not ideal. I, 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 I don't know where he's going to be because there is a lot yeah. of what I call nuisance speed inside of him, which actually plays into your horse's favour. Absolutely. It is a funny run race. And like we saw the other day um, with Master Jamie and Zerastro, with the, mm. the Queensland race is different. Like you see in Sydney and Melbourne, they'll often respect the favourites a little bit more. You know, the, the different riders and different trainers, they'll, they'll respect them a little bit more. Up here, she's held for leather. Um, <laughs> you don't get an easy time across if you've got a wide draw and you're a short price favourite. Um, she's, there's no respect. She's just game on. Everyone's got to earn your stripes. And I think you'll see that in the King of the Mountain, Toowoomba, with a you know varying jockey jockey group up there and a varying bunch of different horses, a lot of locals represented mm. um, that'll be wanting to protect their home turf, and rightfully so. So I don't think any of us are going to get it easy going up to Toowoomba tomorrow, that's for sure and certain. And uh, I'd rather have my draw than Rothfires, that's for sure. I think I start from seven. Uh, he'll start from 12. So it is a little bit tougher. But the one thing he's got on his side is quality, and we've seen him race at that, that highest level. Uh, before, but yeah, you're right. He doesn't map well. Um, he's got a lot of horses digging up underneath him. I don't know what spot he finds. I'm hopeful that I find a, a pretty nice spot in running. Thanks for your contributions right through the year. Uh, you've been a second to none in in, uh, in your um, assistance and help with us here at, at Radio Tab. Big month coming up. Not only the race days, of course, the sales as well. So we wish you well, mate, in January and uh, continued success. Yeah, thanks very much, and thanks to all the listeners out there who. Enjoyed listening to us on a Sunday. It's been a great year, 2023, and I know I, I certainly in our team, we're looking forward to a big 2024. Have a great day, guys. Good on you. There he is, Tony Gollan, joining us this morning, and yeah, he is, uh, he is tracking well. 70 Metro winners, uh, and we're not even halfway through the season. He had 140 and a half last season, so he's trending to, uh, to, to get past that 140 and a half. be interesting to see if at some point in the future he ventures anywhere else. 
Uh, I don't think he will. I've just got a feeling he's so set up here. He's got a young family, obviously, mm. with a couple of kids. Uh, and he just dominates. I, I mean, he's a, he's a machine. He's, like, he's, it's just whether there's just that flicker in his brain yeah. that before he gets too long in the tooth, which he's not now, he's mid-40s. Uh, yeah, mid-40s, I think. Uh, whether he just wants to, whether there's a burning ambition to try something else or not. He set up that satellite stable in Sydney several years ago. And, and maybe, you know, uh, I think he would probably agree that maybe it was a little too soon, but you know, Sydney's a tough environment. And he was only virtually just sort of stepping out then. But he'll win the premiership for as many years as he wants to. But you, you, your point's taken. Uh, is there uh, a desire to do something, Hong Kong or something like that? Who knows? Let's continue on with our review of Dooman yesterday. Let's go to the, the group race, the Group 3 Vaux Rogue. And show me mercy was the favourite, but they gambled with him late with good money for Christ's sale on the approach to the turn and Zuforia was the leader. Blake Minow coming off the bit. Show me mercy is about to come into a three wide at the turn looming ominously. Chrysaia on its back. Then came Ringer's reward and deep respect pulled to the outside in the home straight though. Zuforia the leader. Show me mercy knuckling down on the task. Chrysaia coming home strongly as well and deep respect is right down the outside and Sofrano is the widest runner. They're spread across the track. Here's Sofrano after Chrysaia. Sofrano going home too well. Sofrano, big Chrysale. Ringer's reward up for third. Then came at the head of the others, Deep Respect, followed by Zuforia. Then Show Me Mercy, Sofrano, uh, Cody Island Baby. Well back, Black Minnow, Noble Style. And you'll never guess last time in 1997. It was a last to first victory by Sofrano. Coming out beyond the centre of the track, Damien Thorne and riding him. He knows him so well. And he now goes to the, the Guineas in two weeks' time. Right on target after yesterday's uh, breathtaking victory. Rick Slippers is trainer. He's on the line now. Rick, good morning. Morning, David. Wonderful CV, this horse. At only 12 starts, uh, four wins. A Group 3, yes, and, of course, two Group 2s during during his two-year-old season of the size and, and the champagne. But it was good to see him back in winning form yesterday and no excuse for the beaten division. He came from last and ran past all of them. Yes, David, that was a great... Uh return to form, he's had his problems and uh, as we, everybody knows he has gilded it from his last start and uh, it was just a turn around with his form, That's, that was the big thing, he had he had problems there and uh, thank God we've, that was the problems we've corrected it and he's back to his old self again Congratulations, Rex. You were saying, saying to me after the race yesterday that you felt those couple of Group 2 wins as a two-year-old. He was just doing on rural ability, and he, in some ways, and the gelding procedures obviously helped him, but turned from a boy into a man. Oh, no, no, been no risk about that. He, uh, he's a different horse to work. He's much more keener in his, in his work now. He's, he's become more, uh, what was it, tradesman-like than he's what he's doing, does on the track of a morning. And um, the girl just made him so much uh, easier to handle and uh, he concentrates on what he's doing instead of other things as well. We, we see, um, you know, it says in the form guide, Geldon, or we've mentioned on the radio, we just, just use the one word and never talk too much about it. But just from a, 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 an a the animal's point of view, you mentioned that gelding has been the, the secret or, has, or has been, uh, the key that's opened the door... Uh, how does it change? How has it changed this horse? What was he like to what he is now? 
Well, what it was, David, is a, is a, what they call a rig. He had one stone down and one stone up in the canal. And uh, obviously the one up in the canal was hurting him mm. in, in his action. And uh, removing it took away that pain. So if you've got one down, you might as well get the rid of the, the lot of them. But, and, and as far as his attitude to do anything with, he, uh, he's not as big as boisterous. He's like before he was girls, he, you know, he was quite happy to walk over the top here, but now he's become a real gentleman here in the, uh, the race as he goes to sleep. Where before anything had walked past him, he didn't want to whinny and carry on. And, uh, but no, it's changed him from a... Um, um, a a uh, what would you call him? A, a chance of going to Cairns and uh, staying here and winning races. I cannot understand betting, Rex. Uh, after the race, Shafrado only firmed up to $15 for the Magic Millions three-year-old guineas. Now has come into $11. Yet Chrysaeur, the horse that you ran past yesterday, is the favourite. Uh, and I know uh, you know that horse may have more to give, Chris Wallace polish and all that sort of stuff. But, gee whiz, I could make a case you should be the favourite for that rich race. Well, you know, I mean, the horses can't read books. As I think I've mentioned a few people and... Uh and you know, they say the wallet, the wallet polish is you know, no, no different to uh, Joe Pride or uh, Kelly Sweet or anything. If you've got the goods, you've got the goods. If you haven't got the goods, it doesn't matter how good your trainer you are. And if you've got the, good tra- you've got the goods, well, you've got a chance of being, being up there with them. And uh, I'm not putting any praise on myself, but we were very lucky to get this horse to, uh, to have him. And, uh, and he's got the ability, and at this stage, we're getting it out of him. And the, the other factor is you must be in a, feel you're in a very good position going to your next assignment, the Guineas, because, one, we've now seen him back in winning form, and that was a very good win yesterday. But as well, we know the Guineas is a big field. It always generates high speed, and you've got to be strong at the end of 1,400. So he really fits the bill as an ideal horse. You know, he's, he's in the right spot at the right time. Well, I think he is. I, I think he's more than, you know, he's going to be a 1,400, 1,600 metre race. He may even go further. But uh, at this stage of his preparation, I just think the 1,400 is going to suit him down to the ground. He's, sort of, he's, uh, he's done well. <coughs> and uh, since, his, since his last start, he had improved so much. Uh, his coat had come right, all because of what happened before. He sort of went off a little bit with the gelding and uh, the pain that he was in because of uh, what what was happening to him and, uh, and in an attitude. And he, he actually, the last fortnight, he's bloomed since he's run the other day. And there was nothing wrong with the run the other day. He's just, he had no luck at all and just got caught in places where he shouldn't have been and, uh, or he didn't want to be. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say shouldn't have been there. Not where you wanted, wanted to be. And, and he finished the race off very nicely and, uh, and stepping up in the distance. As I say, I don't think the 1,400 is going to be worry too, and I think he could run, he'll run a mile as well. Mm, exactly. Will, we, will you be able to get the owner out of North Queensland to come to the, the Magic Millions Day? I think we've got more chance of winning the Magic Millions race to get the owner down there. At least, you, at least the family, I think his brother was there yesterday, is that right? His brother and sister were there. They're a great company, uh, real down-to-earth people. Uh, never had a lot to do with racing until Cliff got into it, and, uh, and they love it. And yes, yeah, so they really had a really spine tingling uh, day at the races. I think yesterday, I think they really enjoyed themselves. And uh, whether that gets Cliff down here. Or not.
No. I think we might have. Are you still there, Rex? You're there. Yeah, you, you, you've got us here. Uh, well, we mightn't see him in person, but it, will, will there be a, will there be a little budget there for Rex Slip for the for the sales? He doesn't want to answer that question. He's gone. <laughs> He's hung the phone up. <laughs> we'll let him go. But uh, uh, great insight into, into Safrano and particularly the gelding because that's, um, you know, really not that this horse was going badly, but he wasn't going as well as he could because those wins as a two-year-old, they were very good performances in the, the champagne and the size. Yeah, outstanding. And, of course, the owner that you're alluding to, I actually um, met his brother and his sister and spent, uh, actually had a beer with him yesterday, uh, is Cliff Little. Mm. Now... He won, if you don't mind, $40 million. $40 million. I'll say that again. $40 million in Powerball four years ago. And as amongst us things, he quit quit his job the next day, bought sports cars, did a few other things, did some stuff for his family, but decided to get into some serious racehorse ownership and gave Rex basically a blank check to do what he wanted. Rex went and uh, did, his, did his best. And, uh, yeah, now they've got to Friday. So... Was, oh, I, I don't know what to, what, to, what to make us. I have a crack at the lotto all the time. Nothing for me ever. So not only is this bloke won forty million, he's also got this horse. Like it's life's not fair sometimes, David. I've never good been, luck to him. But, I've never been a lotto man, but I, mm. I go to a news agency and the bloke keeps hounding me. I buy the papers and he says lotto. I don't think about it. Then I started buying tickets and marking the numbers off the next morning in a real old fashioned way. But nothing. I think I got thirty dollars back or something. I'll read you a quote from him. This is this is the great Cliff Little when he won the lotto. He said, This is a direct quote. When I saw the numbers come up, one, two, three, twelve, thirty, etc., I said, Oh, I'm getting back more than my money here. <laughs> he certainly did. Forty million. Wowie. So Safrado, and I agree with you too. Uh, I think still rather generously priced at $15 in comparison to Christ Sale, who's now been elevated to favouritism at $7. He'll take benefit from that run. Um, he, he loomed a win and was was beaten on his merits, but uh, he will take benefit from that run. Uh, I, the... I reckon, sorry to interrupt you, I reckon you could make a case, maybe outside of the Godolphin two-year-old that won in Sydney, but that was actually the most impressive win anywhere in Australia yesterday, I thought, so Friday. Like, I mean, I know it's not uh, top-tier racing in other states, but gee whiz. I catch up. Well, he was he was twenty six before the Vorag. Now fifteen is with outline. On the other side, show me mercy. I thought was disappointing. He was an eight dollar co favourite yesterday before the Vorag. He's doubled his price now out to fifteen sixteen dollars. On face value, he, he looked at well. He did have every chance, and and he was playing to the line. Yeah, he sort of went made the same run at the mm. kind of the same. I mean, obviously when it came from behind him, but they all sort of merged to the same spot of the track and you sort of thought he was going to do better than he did. Zoo Fori, I thought, was disappointing as well. Got away with a relatively easy time in front, I thought. I mean, you can probably correct me with the times there, but like seemed to get his uh, that will seem to get his chance. So, yeah, I'm not sure what they do there. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think if you backed that Philly Zoo Fori, you would have been a bit disappointed. But if you backed the Friday, you were not in the queue a long way home, uh, from home, but you certainly in those last few stages, you, you knew you were going to win. Shabby Mercy, that was his first run on a rain-affected track. Could have been an excuse, so they'll have to um, work that out as they go to the big race in two weeks' time. That was the Vaux Rogue. Let's turn our attention now to the feature sprint yesterday, the buffering. And punters got this right. They came for two runners, Tamerlane and Freedom Rally, with Zoo Style, the morning line favourite, on the drift.
Maloney has Zoo Style held together in front. The face second. Zushak's worked overtime. Tamerlane right behind Zoo Style. And about to get a rails runner. Zoo Style drifted away from the inside on straightening her. Freedom Rally being warmed up now by Williams. In the straight, Zoo Style leads the way. Tamerlane on the inside coming after him. Gamely. Freedom Rally emerged to third. Then Sunfall. Now he's going back any further. They got to Zoo Style. Tamerlane shot through the inside. Took the lead. Freedom Rally runs on Gamely. Tamerlane's got a margin. Tamerlane's got the buffering. Beat Freedom Rally, Zoo Style, fourth star Tonnes, then Carbling shopping a spree, followed by Chatty Lady and then Sunfall. At the head of the others, Seat of Power, the big goodbye, Alcione. Then came Irish songs, 11-11, Zushak in the face, last home in 119.1. Tamerlane successful in, in the buffering for Godolphin and Blake Shit having the ride. Good day for Blake there yesterday with a riding treble. And uh, if you're on Tamerlane, and plenty were, it was a significant firmer in the market, uh, uh, you were always on very good terms with yourselves, just tracking Zoo style. What a perfect horse to follow into the race. And then the the, the uh, assignment made even easier when Ryan Maloney elected to move away from the rail. So Tamerlane just poked up on the inside and said, see you later, alligator. Yeah, Tamerlane was just a certainly going to lose the way that race was run. I think, I mean, Zoo style eased, obviously, just because there was a query over that horse at the 1350. Look, I thought Zoo style was honest. I don't think Tony... Well, he's at the twilight of his career anyway, so I'm not sure how many more times we see we see Zoo Style, but I don't think he will probably be tried over the 13.50 again. Freedom Rally was good. Star Tonto, it's nice to see she didn't run a place, but I think that may have been her last run or very close to it, the Group 1 winner from the last season or the season before. Uh, she ran fourth. Um, but, yeah, all honours to the winner, really. And Blake Shin, uh, the man of the moment, uh, with a treble... Um, Interesting, Tamerlane, I would not say, is um, certainly in the top echelon of Godolphin horses, but they picked this race well, and obviously they get a, a wild card with this horse now into a rich race on Magic Millions Day. I don't think they've, they've obviously won, Godolphin's won the two-year-old classic with the Exhilarates, mm. but I don't think they've ever won a race on Magic Millions Day that they've got into after winning a wild card. Uh, so Tamerlane could potentially be the first. I was going to describe Tamerlane as uh, a bread and butter horse. That would be disrespectful of him because he has been around for a few seasons now. That was his ninth career win yesterday. Uh, and he's the sort of horse that makes his own luck. He's a, many of his wins he's led, but he generally races on speed. And he's, again, to, to what I said earlier, one of those horses, if he doesn't win, he's not that far away. So he's, uh, he's a good money spinner and he will go to that, that Magic Millions Cup. Um, Freedom Rally, uh, good Zoo style, you either got it right or wrong. I thought Zoo style could run the 1350. I thought he could dictate the terms and lead all the way, but he wasn't quite good enough to do that. And as you said, Startonde is good in fourth position. We might, um, Blake Shin's going to join us very shortly, but whilst we wait for Blake on the line, let's go to the eighth race of the day, the listed Nudgee, a big field of fillies and mares. We've touched on this with Tony regarding Comrade Rosa, but the winner is Lady Laguna. 700 left to run. The leader was Enterprise Palmer. Three quarters extremist. Chitty Boom box seating third. Then better get set an authentic jewel. Doing a tough out wide. 34.82 a fast first 600. Paracel on the way forward. And then came Lady Laguna who's tucked away on the rail. Mashani Royale. Barossa Rosa. Kia Royale. S on. Well back coming to the turn was Comrade Rosa. Maloney looking everywhere for runs. Goes to the inside. In the home straight though. The leader was Enterprise Palmer. Extremist on the outside. Knuckling down to the task. 
Chitty Boom, Lady Laguna, and Paracel give it a hand. Comrade Rosa with work to do. Short of 100 left to run. They are coming from everywhere. Lady Laguna shooting right along the inside. Lady Laguna won the nudgy. Beat home, Chitty Boom, Comrade Rosa. Then extremist and not far away was Esson, followed by at the head of the others, Walinga Beast, and then came Enterprise Pom. Paracel pulled up quickly, then better get set. Russian Warrior, followed by Jay Anthony, Barossa Rosa, Kia Royale, and Mashani Royale, last bar one. Authentic Jill pulling up quickly in 1946. Lady Laguna, again a horse who'd rarely let you down. That was her 20th start yesterday for only her fourth win, but she's been placed on 10 other occasions, runner up on four times, and a third placing on six occasions. And Tyler Schiller riding for Annabelle Neesham. Good day for Annabelle. She won earlier with Midnight in Tokyo. And it's especially good win for Lady Laguna. One, because she gets black type again. And two, because she's earned a wild card into the Phillies and Mares race. Yeah, it was interesting. Annabelle Neesham did not even realise that <clears throat> until not long uh, in the days out uh, from the race because this horse was also entered uh, to race in New Year's, uh, on New Year's Day in Sydney. So they've certainly pulled the right rein there. Right, rain now. I think uh, probably all the Christmases came at once there. Like, just got a beautiful run. Terrific ride there from Tyler Schiller and really appreciates, too, I think, the sting out of the ground, this girl. She does, and uh, it's interesting. She's only had the, the, the 20 starts, but she's got a strong presence here in southeast Queensland because many of our listeners will remember her first race start was at Eagle Farm when she won as a, as a two-year-old. And, of course, her other black-type victory was in the Mick Dipman during our Winter Carnival of this year, so she's won two listed races, so that uh, certainly enhances her broodmare value, uh, both here in Brisbane, and of course she she won on debut. Good ride by Schiller too. He actually went for a run and it didn't quite eventuate at the three hundred, and then switched back to the rail, and it was the shortest way home. And that's another talking point as well. There seemed to be discussion yesterday that the inside was off, yet we saw uh, Lady Laguna. Hard against the rail and Tamerlane hard against the rail. So I think the tra- I think the ratings were spot on, spot on. I think the track played fairly. You could come from anywhere. Yeah, I agree. And Tony uh, Tony Gollan said that to us uh, earlier. And there's no smarter brain in racing uh, up here than him. I thought Chinny Boom was good in the Nudgy. Didn't win. Uh, the, the winner won comfortably, but. I uh, spoke to Glinton Taylor, and he was very pleased. Given that <clears throat> there was a real head scratcher with her. Um, during that uh, was the Winter Carnival around that time of year when she just put in a few substandard performances. And, um, yeah, she, she returned with a terrific win in Rockhampton on a home turf and, and won by half the length of the straight. And she was good there yesterday, so he certainly got something to play with on Magic Millions Day with her. Well, we're only a fortnight away from Magic Millions Race Day. Of course, Wave Race Day next Saturday, but the big the big day in two weeks' time. Let's go to the two-year-old race yesterday at Doombin. This featured a Magic Million aspirant called Wolfgang, uh, trained by Lloyd Kennewell and Lucy Yeomans. Blake Shin had the ride and was a short price favourite, although bookies did gamble with it late. They reached the halfway mark. 600 metres left to travel. The first split in 35.99. Defiant boom on debut. Does it comfortably for Orman. Leads Mashani Hercules. Wolfgang in third. Spirited in fourth. And that quartet get away from Valley of Owls. Then Magic Madge. And last of all, where she's a chickatita. Upon straining, Defiant boom led the way. Wolfgang moving up on the outside to tackle Defiant boom. Then came Spirited. Mashani Hercules has run its race. It's Defiant boom on the inside. And Wolfgang on the outside settling down to a 
two-horse war. Wolfgang on the outside, getting the upper hand from Defiant Boom, who's battling bravely, but Wolfgang a little too strong. Beat Defiant Boom by length. Spirit in third. She's a Chikatita in fourth. Then Mashani Hercules, Valley of Owls. And Magic Match last home in 111-13. Last 635-11. He's only had three starts, Wolfgang, in three different states. He debuted at Flemington during the Spring Carnival. He then had a, a, a break and went to Morpherville to win first up in early earlier this month on a rain-affected track and successfully yesterday. He was a $500,000 purchase, Wolfgang, so he goes to the millions. Market framers obviously not too taken with the performance. He was $17 before the win and $17 after the win. Yeah, I must say I expected more of him, uh, but having said that, the parade ring uh, mm. beforehand, he was... Very excited, if you get my drift. Very, very excited, this colt. Wasn't really thinking about racing, I'd suggest. Mm. Um, once he got out in the track, he was fine. But look, I think he would need... I, I have a feeling outside of the, the Gay Waterhouse horses at the top of the two-year-old market and potentially the Godolphin horse that won yesterday in Sydney, Parkour, don't think it's going to be one of the strongest magic minions I disagree. Do you? I, I, when I what do you disagree with? You said it's not going to be one of the strongest magic. I would, I would say it's one of the strongest in the years. The two-year-old? Yeah. You serious? Yeah, of course I'm serious. Have you been drinking? No, well, not within the last 12 hours. Why do you say that? Because... Well, what do you give... I'm, I'm talking about outside the top two or three seeds. I think the race has got an awfully long tail. No, I, I, I disagree. I could find five or six there that, that, that you will take anywhere after the Magic Millions and they will be above average during the autumn or the winter... Or even then as three-year-olds in the spring. Could be proven wrong. We might be sitting here in a year's time and you might say, I was right, David. Or I might say, you were wrong, this, Ben. This horse that won yesterday, Wolfgang, no disrespect, it would dead set have to improve 12 lengths yeah, to, but, to, to be in contention for the two-year-old race. It, well, you know, well, uh, well, let's be fair. It, it, it wasn't a dynamic win, but, but just keep in mind, it did what it had to do. And blinkers do go on, mm. uh, so they've got that to play with. Uh, you know, it had arrived in its third state. I get all that, but I mean, you, could, you give me fifty to one, and I wouldn't take it. I'm, Let not, alone I'm, not, I'm not saying Wolfgang can win the Magic Millions, but I'm not saying he's the far, far, far from the, the worst in the race. Um, and Defiant Booby ran second. He goes for a spell after that performance yesterday, which was a good performance on debut. One thing we should say, um, Lloyd Kennywell, this will be his first two-year-old Magic Minions. Uh, runner, he's had you know uh, runners in other races on the day, but I spoke to him after the race just about the partnership with Lucy Yeomans, and he said, and this is just the way of the world these days, isn't it? He said, look, it's almost not so much a, I mean, she's a very skilled horsewoman, so is he, but it's just about giving them both a bit of time outside of racing, a bit of family time, a bit of bit of downtime. They can focus on other things. Two hands is easier than one. It really is, and that's why we're seeing so many training partnerships. And Lucy is actually, Lloyd was on track yesterday with Lucy, but Lucy's actually been up uh, in Brisbane or in Queensland with this horse for the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, these training partnerships, uh, they are the way of the future, and we're going to see a hell of a lot more of them. Magic Millions Market has Storm Boy at 3.20 and Straight Charge at 4, so Waterhouse and Bot provide favourite and second favourite. And Storm Boy actually firmed overnight. He was 3.50 yesterday, 3.20 this morning. Highness at $8, who, of course, won the Wyong race. Parkour, we're going to come to him after the break, at $8. Arabian Summer, who beat home Parkour at Ballarat, $11. Spywire's been the one that's been soft. It, it just got nutter by Highness, but it's gone from 8 out to 11 
We've mentioned Wolfgang at 17. And Jenny's Meadow won the opener at the Valley yesterday for Team Hayes, $26. Didn't beat a strong field, but I believe his Magic Millions bound. Now, you've been in good tipping form lately. You tipped me away from the races into a fabulous French restaurant that I went to a couple of weeks ago. It was fabulous. Now, the point of this is, if anything other than Storm Boy, I'm going to say this on radio so you can repeat it back, Storm Boy Straight Charge and Parkour, if anything outside of those three win the Magic Millions, I will take you to that French restaurant and you can dead set order what you want. Well, that's that, that will be good. Apart from, when I say order what you want, maybe not like the top quality wines because I did see there was like four-figure wines there, so maybe we'll give them a spell. But. Yeah, and speaking of wines, that's another story that we'll have to discuss off air as well. <laughs> Stop it. You, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's listen to two more races before we go to a break out of the Doom and Cut, and let's go to midnight in Tokyo's winning race five. 500 from the judge, and Betcha the Crown leads the way. Midnight in Tokyo's in the slipstream of the leader. Sabalenka in third, fourth of the turn, count to Beans. Pacific Atlantic being pushed along, and so Country sticks to the rail in the straight. 300 left to run, and Betcha the Crown currently going well. Midnight in Tokyo, though, coming after the leader. Sabalenka diving to the rails and forget the rest, but down to the 100 metres. And Midnight in Tokyo went up to Betcha the Crown, who fights on gamely. Then Sabalenka, Centerstone, running on. Midnight in Tokyo, though, pulled away and one, beat home, betcha the crowd. Third set of stone, fourth was Sabalenka, then so country, followed by Petunia, count the beads, Pacific Atlantic, and last over the line, just a Jedi in 1.1988. She's four years of age now, midnight in Tokyo, and she's been a good find for uh, trainer Annabelle Nisham. She's had five runs for the stable here in southeast Queensland. Two wins, two seconds, and a third, of course, second in the gateway, but also what enhanced her prospects yesterday. She looked hard to beat. Uh, under any circumstances, but she loves the wet. Oh, absolutely, and everything came together for you. So, gee, I was impressed by the runner, Betcha, the crown. Yeah. Um, the Grafton Guineas winner, I reckon this is an underrated horse. Desley Force is probably an underrated horsewoman in some ways. Uh, this horse has some, some sort of future, I think. I mean, not at the absolute top level, obviously, but... Uh, midnight in Tokyo, two dollar ten favourite, but betcha the crown at twenty to one. Uh, gave the backers a real sight there, and I reckon there's some nice wins in store. As we go to our break on past the post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Let's have a listen to Situation Room in the fourth race yesterday. Up to the turn, 400 left to run. Smart Image turns in the lead. Orbison on the outside, laying down the law strongly. And they stride together. Situation Room shifting off heels. Then came Mr Galazi. Emperor down the outside with about three or four lengths still to make up. Below the 200 metres, Smart Image, Orbison. Situation Room charging at the pair. Emperor can't get them. Then Hardware Lane on the outside. Situation Room reached the lead and won. Beat either Hardware Lane or Smart Image. Then Orbison, Emperor, only a fair finish home bound. Then came Mr. Galazi, Glorious Ruby, and Mashani Sniper whipped them in in one minute point four. You're listening to Radio Tab's Pass the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. We're looking back at racing yesterday here on Pass the Press, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Go to the website, archerparkracing.com.au. But we're also looking towards the future as well with the Wave Race Day next Saturday. Of course, the wave is the feature um, for the three- and four-year-olds, the tab wave. We've got other races. We've got the two rising stars there for the three- and four-year-olds at 1,300. The two maidens, uh, one at 1,100 and one at 1,400. So uh, generally, we've only, we've only had one. In fact, we've only had one maiden. Now we've got two. And, of course, we've got the two-year-old races, last chance before the, the minions in a week's time, the gold nugget for the Colts and Geldings and the gold pearl for the Phillies. 
But uh, let's turn our attention to Randwick now, and I want to listen to the fourth race. I'm interested in this horse, very interested in this horse. Uh, done a bit of research on him, a bit of work on him. He was impressive. His name is Sydney Bowler, trained by John O'Shea. He takes out race four. Let's listen to the replay first. As they come around the corner. So Keenan's got a lot of these under pressure back in the field. Keenan comes up the rise a length and a half on Sydney Bowler. Being stoked up now to give chase. It's Keenan a three quarters in front. Sydney Bowler is looming large on the outside. Clear from Kingy Dubai. Then does a legend house of cards. Sydney Bowler races to the lead now. Inside the 100 metres. And Sydney Bowler's got them all done and dusted here. Kingy Dubai goes to second. Does a legend third. Photo for fourth. The time. Keenan and House of Cards. Then came Colours of Autumn, followed up by between runners there, Metallic Ruler, a gap back to Gunship Hyde Park, and bear to witness. He's a three year old by Deep Field out of a mare called Shy Talk. She was unraced, and this horse was having his third start yesterday for his third win. He's unbeaten, and market framers reacted very favourably as far as the, the Guineas is concerned. Before the race yesterday, he was $15. He then tightened to 11 But go to the uh, fixed odds market now, you'll see he's at $8. Co-second favourite behind Chrysale. And abounding is at $8 as well. John O'Shea's his trainer. He joins me now on, on Past the Post. John, good morning. Morning, how are you? I'm well. And Gee, I like this horse. I, 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 after he won yesterday, I went back and looked at his wins at Newcastle and on the Beaumont track at Newcastle. Both very professional performances. It had a touch of the X factor about him. But yesterday, he was ridden uh, with purpose early to take a position and strong to the line. He looks, to me, a very good horse. He's got a lovely turn of speed. Uh, He executes well when he gets out of the gates. He's been a bit naughty in the gates and just put a blindfold on him yesterday until they were ready to jump and just allowed him to relax and get out of the gates a bit quicker. And then, as, as a result, he was able to take a spot, you know, so... Once he got on the back of the favourite, it was all over. But the lovely turn up of speed, and I think it'd be really interesting when he gets to seven. Probably his perfect fit for him. You know? mm. And, and you, you're spot on. He can take that position. Whereas we saw him in the two wins at Newcastle, particularly the, the, the second win, he was he was out the back of the bus. But yesterday on speed. But what I liked is that he can race on speed, but then strong to the line as well. And that sort of racing pattern augurs well for, for the, the Gold Coast Guineas at, at the 1400. Yeah, I think that'll be his perfect trip. It just, it'll be interesting, obviously, with the new track at the coast mm. to determine, you know, racing patterns, etc. So, you know, if it's advantageous to be handy, well, he can be there, or if we need to get a little bit back, he can also do that. So, he's got plenty of options. Yeah, we've only had one meeting on that grass track and on that day, and I mean, it's very hard to make a judgment out of out of one meeting, but uh, generally it, it was an advantage to be on pace. Has this horse always impressed you even before he got to the racetrack? He's just a little horse taking a little bit of time, which is understandable considering, you know, his female line. Um, he's a horse that was surprised where I was secure, and, uh, but he's just been one that I think will just continue to improve. You know, after this next run, he can have a break and be a lovely horse to bring to Queensland during the winter. And um, as I said, I think seven furlongs, even a little bit further, would be perfect trip for him. You know? Yeah, he was a three hundred thousand dollar purchase at the at the Magic Millions. Um, anything else coming up over the next couple of weeks for Brisbane? We've got a nice maiden horse there called Dimitrov uh, in the seven furlong maiden next Saturday, and Shankura 
Um, she'll run in the man's race next Saturday. So basically just bits and pieces, but genuine you know, chances in, on the day. Good as gold. Good luck with Sydney Bowler. He looked good yesterday. Thanks for your time this morning, John. Always a pleasure. Cheers. There he is, John O'Shea, joining us. Uh, Sydney Bowler, as I said, $8 with a bounding, but Chryso just above them at 7 Royal Tribute, 11 Safrata, we mentioned, 15 Keenan was in that race. He was a co-favourite earlier in the week, Keenan. He led and, and folded up $26 now. Yeah. Um, you're impressed by that horse, aren't you? I am, uh, and I think he's um, in the right spot at the right time. Um, those wins at... at uh, Newcastle were good, and then the win yesterday I thought was very authoritative. So I think he's got a hell of a good chance. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's an interesting market, isn't it? A bounding we didn't see yesterday. Uh, Royal Tribute obviously won well uh, at Gosford during the week. Uh, infatuation uh, ran in the same way. Show me mercy. You couldn't surely have after yesterday a $15 chance. Let's go to another race at Ramwick yesterday from a Magic Minions point of view. This was the two-year-old. And Parkour was the favourite. Jamie Carr riding for, for Godolphin. Here's the replay. Into the straight, commanding artist in front from Hainer, Sacred Fort under pressure. They're followed then by Parkour coming right down the outside and Dark Arts persevering for a rails run. Sustaining this run wide out, Parkour. Dark Arts went up the inside, hard pressed on the fence. Commanding artist out now, but Parkour's really got the momentum. Digging in there is Sacred Fort, but Parkour from last is drawing away and Parkour won it by a length and a quarter. Vianara really knuckled down at the end to get second, just in front of Sacred Fort. That's been a big run in defeat by the third horse. Further back to Dark Arts, then came Pierrot Light from Commanding Artist. Heinous dropped off and Pierrot was last to finish. You know, small things fascinate me, Ben. This horse's name, Parkour. Our studios are here in Ann Street in Brisbane and we've been here almost four years now and I approached the studio from the lift on Ann Street and every time I walk towards the lift, there's a sign there that says, no skateboarding, no parkour. And I, I know what does that mean? Well, I know what skateboarding is, but I didn't know what parkour meant. Same, P-A-R-K-O-U-R. So when this horse has <laughs> appeared, I thought, what is parkour? Apparently parkour is when you see people trying to go from one spot to another, like with obstacles or they're on skateboards or they, they jump from one building to another, that sort of thing. That's what parkour is. Wow, wow, wow. What about the listeners this morning? They're getting a real <laughs> treat, aren't they? <laughs> um, well, just on another note. Did you try and get me sacked? Why? Well, my password it wouldn't let me up to level 13 this morning. So I haven't been here for a few weeks, and all of a sudden I can't I get up. What's, mysterious going, ways what's going on? <laughs> uh, let's get back to the job at hand. That is, uh, I thought that was a very good win. It was a clear sign of intent, I thought, Jamie Carr going to uh, ride that horse. 100%. I mean, look, she doesn't, uh, you know, there's probably lots of things to do at this time of year for jockeys, and, you, you know... She's high profile, she's a terrific jockey and she wouldn't be just going to Sydney to ride that horse just for shits and giggles, really, would she? And a bit a bit like Sydney Bowler from a three-year-old point of view, from a two-year-old point of view, he's there at the right time. The, the, the run at Ballarat was good when Jamie rode him to Arabian Summer, finishing on strongly, up to 1,200 yesterday, the Magic Millions distance, allowed to, to settle and relax, but strong to the line, a good sectional. He was $17 in Magic Millions betting yesterday morning after the race. He's now at $8. Another good chance in what is a very strong Magic Millions. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, I agree. Very good chance. There's only two or three of them in the race, but that's oh, one. Now there's three now. There was two now there's three. No, I said three. The two ones are gays and that one. That's all there is. 
Right, that was racing yesterday. Let's go back to the Gosford Guineas from Thursday up towards the home bend and the leader Royal Tribute only narrowly over infatuation. There are a couple in front of Flying Trapeze working into third spot. Bojangles takes an inside run. Wider Fleet Wooden Sovereign Fund, the widest runner. Royal Tribute is the leader. Infatuation getting on terms with it. Flying Trapeze runs on. Infatuation got to a narrow lead. Infatuation, Royal Tribute fights back. Infatuation, Royal Tribute photo. Don't know. Infatuation or Royal Tribute. There's only a nose in it. Third there, right across the track, we've got uh, Bojangles' cosy corner. Out wider was uh, Flying Trapeze and the widest runner, Sovereign Fund. And then came Fleetwood and Misty Legend back at the rear. This is uh, often a a key lead-up to the Magic Millions Guineas, but I feel this race is lacking this year. It was a bunch finish. And Royal Tribute won. He's $11 for, for the Guineas, but I have a serious doubt about him at 1,400 metres. That was at 1,200. Yeah, I think he would need to draw well, and the track, as we referenced earlier, would probably need to favour uh, front runners. But it was a tough win. He looked um, gone. Yeah. He fought back to win. I reckon he was. Headed. Infatuation, I think, is Guineas bound as well. So it's all ahead of us over the next two Saturdays. And, of course, we'll be reporting on both Saturdays here on Past the Post on Sunday mornings. Tomorrow, a big day, New Year's Day. The King of the Mountain, where Roth fires an odds-on favourite. Looking forward to that race. Perth Cup as well. Thanks for your contribution right through the years. Speaking of contributions, you've written a lot of uh, big stories. I, I said to you off-air before we came on air, um, what was your biggest story for 2023 from, from your point of view? Yeah, I think from my point of view, and I dare say racing's point of view as well, I don't think... I. Broke the Damien Oliver retirement story. Flew to Melbourne. I got a whisper of it. Flew to Melbourne. Uh, spent a bit of time working on it. And it might sound, you know, elementary, that sort of stuff. But I've got to tell you, in this day and age of managers and media managers and, you know, all, all that sort of stuff, I can't think of many sports people that have actually sort of announced their retirement in a, in a news story like Damien did uh, with me. There's... They generally, you know, come out and do it at a press conference or it's, mm. you know. So, look, I think that was easily the biggest story I wrote this year and I think the significance of it wasn't lost on anyone. Like, there were so many words and column inches and TV shows and all sorts of stuff dedicated to it and didn't it go out with an absolute fairy tale? Three, three, three wins in a row to finish up, including uh, that rich race um, where he produced one of the rides of his life to win. Um, it was terrific. There was a lot of other big stories in racing. Jamie Carr was never far from the headlines, but that'd be not my number one. Good on you, mate. Talk soon. Thanks, David. Ben Dorries joining us. Thanks for your company, folks, and, of course, being with us right throughout the year. Have a good New Year's Eve. Enjoy New Year's Day tomorrow, and we'll be back with you next Sunday on Past the Post. Bye-bye.